The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest today is Natalie Pace. Uh, she is the editor of a newsletter at nataliepace.com, and she's the author of a new book called The ABCs of Money. Welcome to the show, Natalie. Hi, how are you? I know everybody in the world knows who you are, but just in case there was somebody who didn't know, just briefly give us a little bit of your background. Um, I've been in this business for 12 years. I've been named the number one stock picker. Uh, Dr. Gary Becker, Nobel Prize winning economist, wrote the foreword to my first book, You Versus Wall Street, enthusiastically recommending it, saying that even educated women, men and women need the strategies therein. And the ABCs of money, uh, the foreword was written by TD Ameritrade Chairman Joe Moglia. So it's getting critical acclaim, and it works. More than, more than that, it works for the average person. I try to take very complicated economic concepts and make them easy as a pie chart so that you can actually rise above this Wall Street roller coaster. Very good. So we're going to get into the details of the book, but just I mean, there's a lot of financial books out there. Give us a sense of why you thought this was necessary right now. Well, right now I get uh, emails and phone calls all the time from people saying, Natalie, please help me save my home. Natalie, I don't know how to reduce my credit card debt and it's compounding. Um, Natalie, I, I lost half during the Great Recession. Help me save my nest egg. By comparison, people who use my strategies made money during the Great Recession. They were able to negotiate and get in a better position with their home early in the game, and there are still some great resources, many of which that are only available this year. And that's why it was so important to get this book out uh, right now. In fact, as you know, it takes the publisher about a year at minimum to get a book into print. That, so the print edition of the ABCs of Money is coming out later this year. But because a lot of the, particularly the real estate resources, are most, many of them are expiring this year. So we said let's get the ebook out now so that we can help people save their homes, reduce their uh, debt load, get into the Thrive budget, and protect their nest egg. I mean, with sequestration right around the corner, this is really important stuff to do now, not tomorrow. So let's start right off with some of that. So what are some of the real estate strategies that you think people should be taking advantage of now that might be expiring as this year, year proceeds? Well, one of the big ones is the uh, tax <clears throat> forgiveness that the IRS is offering. So you know, let's say that you purchased a home, unfortunately, at the top of the market in 2005, 2006, and for whatever reason you may be able to negotiate with the bank for a short sale, or in some cases now, and this is brand new, you can actually give it back in a deed in lieu. The deed in lieu is only good this year, and that means basically that they'll write off that mortgage debt. Um, if you do a short sale, you're going to get a 1099. That's considered income by the IRS. This year, you actually will, if it's your primary home, you won't have to pay taxes on it. So these are two examples of things that are only available this year. And, uh, again, the deed in lieu program just became available, so it's really important to get, um, you know, to really evaluate where you are with your 
uh, your home. Because another thing, Jordan, that people don't realize is they think, oh, well, maybe they negotiated a really low interest rate and even a fixed rate. But let's say you bought it at 200000 It's only valued at 100000 You know, that home could be underwater for a quarter of a century. And during that time, your credit score does take a hit because only one-third of your credit score is are you making payments on time. Debt-to-assets ratio amounts for a third as well. If somebody is behind in their mortgage and they're headed towards foreclosure, uh, how would you recommend they deal with it as far as getting a mortgage modification or what else can people do to avoid getting foreclosed upon? Well, I think the first thing is you should look at the whole picture. You need to look at your home more like, can I really afford this? Am I hanging on just because I think I need to do this for FICO score? So fear of FICO score is keeping people from evaluating the real situation, which is, can I really afford this? Should I be downsizing anyway? Um, let's face it, folks. If you have been in a position where your uh, home is getting foreclosed on, your FICO score has already taken a hit. And, again, you're ignoring the fact that if it's severely underwater, your FICO score is already going to take a hit even if you were making the payments on time. So what's really key is to kind of step back and do a whole complete analysis of your budget. Um, are you spending too much on your home? Would it benefit you to downsize into another home? Can you partner with a family member? Should you be trying to get that loan mod? Um, can you do a deed in lieu and start all over? There are many ways to rethink this. A lot of people don't understand if you actually foreclosed and you were able to um, purchase in seven years, that might even be a better scenario than trying to hang on to a home that's so far underwater that it would take you, you know, 25 years to come back to even. Uh, the average returns in real estate are about 5%, not 25%. So, you know, you really have to do a sober analysis. And that's exactly what uh, the ABCs of Money will help you do. In fact, I have six different case studies of real estate in there of how we help different, uh, you know, six different people rethink their real estate and their home strategies to get out from under um, something that was crushing them, both in their budget as well as their FICO score, and into a situation where they could actually thrive and have a little money extra left over for even vacations and all the things that make life worth living. In general, uh, most people say the real estate market is recovering. Uh, prices are up in the Case-Shiller Index. Uh, that people are buying homes now for investment purposes and renting them out. Do you think the real estate market has bottomed? Is it something people should invest in directly? I mean, as far as buying homes and rental properties. Okay, that's twofold. So one thing, do I think it's at the bottom, and two, do I think people should be buying homes now? So number one, let's take, do I think it's at the bottom? And I just did an interview with the National Association of Realtors' Chief Economist, Lawrence Yoon. He's really one of the most expected experts in this field. And one thing people need to be aware of is that uh, real estate is regional. So the shadow inventory that has pushed the prices down in a lot of states is particularly those states where, you know, within three months, if you stop paying, the bank's going to take it back. Um, those states are doing better, and they are starting to recover, Arizona in particular being the top of that field. On the other hand, states that have judicial foreclosures, it can take three years for the banks to take it back. In other words, 
there are homeowners that haven't made a payment on their home for three years, and it's still not gone back to the bank. Those states are along the eastern seaboard that were just hit by Hurricane Sandy. And even Dr. Lawrence Yoon is saying, hey, those states are going to still experience weakness because we still have a lot of shadow inventory there. So don't think that just because the headline says, hey, we are getting more sales and the prices are starting to stabilize, that that's exactly the way it will be in your particular neck of the woods. So having said that, let's go to the other side of the equation, which is, is now a good time to buy? And now you can buy in a lot of areas for less money than you would rent. So if you are a renter, you should try to find a way to buy. We have lifetime low interest rates, and we have a 10-year low on the pricing. So that that is absolutely an opportunity waiting to uh, be devoured. On the other hand, also, because so many people have their credits ruined, they, we have a lot more renters. So in some areas, there, it is good to even think of income property. You do have to do the analysis um, like it's a business if you're going to do that, and you have to really start knowing your marketplace because a lot of the places, like even Tucson and Phoenix, there are a lot of vacancies um, where they're not getting rented. So you have to make sure that you, A, are the kind of person who wants to be a landlord, and B, can compete in a marketplace where there are, uh, there's a lot of competition. Indeed. And how about uh, investing in real estate indirectly through home building stocks or REITs or other companies that do real estate for you? Now, that I think is a very, very good question, and I thank you for asking it. Um, if I were able to invest in a REIT or a home builder that was pretty new to the market and was coming in right now, and they were able to finance with these low interest rates, and they were able to um, – come in at the uh, at the 10-year low, maybe. But that's not the case for most of the home builders and the REITs out there. So they've kind of experienced a renaissance because people think that real estate is back, but people don't know how much debt they really owe and that they're borrowing at, um, you know, at a higher interest rate and that they have to cycle through a lot of shadow, shadow inventory of themselves. The other thing, too, is that a lot of these areas are overbuilt, so people can pick up homes for a much cheaper price than they can to buy a new home that's being built. And that's just what people are going to do, even though, you know, in, in theory, we'd all like to have, you know, a, a more uh, energy-efficient home, a greener home, a newer home. In fact, if you can buy a home for a much lower price that's existing, that's what they're doing. And there's a lot of that inventory available for people to do. So you're saying not to buy the new home builders. And in the REIT area, are there particular kinds of REITs, rental properties or hotels or what kind of REITs would you like? You just have to be really careful. I'm not very into the REITs or the home builders, mostly because they experience the downturn, and so they're carrying that legacy debt and that legacy shadow inventory. And if they're building anew, they're building into a marketplace that's pretty saturated. Now, one of the things that affects real estate is interest rates. Uh, interest rates have risen quite a bit lately. What is your view on interest rates, both long-term and short-term, uh, for the rest of this year? Well, I still think that interest rates for most people that can qualify for it are at a lifetime low, if not a historic low. They're pretty low. So this is still almost free money, but the problem is qualifying for it. So I think what people should realize is if you can do it, look, there are a lot of people who could qualify for that low interest rate that are afraid of getting their nest egg um, going through another recession. 
sometimes the answer to your problem is in your own family. Like if we know someone that's a new family um, and they want to buy a home, is it uh, that you could go to your parents and partner with them and take advantage of their great credit rating and have them secure anything that they do for you with the home? So I encourage people really in today's environment where we have, um, you know, good income earners with lousy credit, and we have people that are getting ready to retire who are really worried about their nest egg, um, partnering up is really going to be a good solution to start thinking about. And that's some of the things that I outline in the ABCs of money is how to get real creative to solve your problem. Because on one hand, uh, people who are worried about their nest egg, they need a place to earn a better yield without taking on additional risk. And on the other hand, people who the best investment is going to be to buy their first home, oftentimes they can't qualify for that low interest rate yet. You have a whole section in the ABCs of Money about college students and people kind of getting started in their careers. What are some of the things people need to be doing to get off to a good start as opposed to getting off to a bad start as far as setting up credit and doing the things they need to do as they're coming out of college? Well, the first thing about setting up credit is to adopt the Thrive budget. And this is even before you get into college. You you and I both know once you get on the college campus, one of the first things that happens is that everybody offers you a credit card. And if you don't have the Thrive budget in place, you can get into credit card debt, and that's bad debt. I want to let a lot of college students know, because I get this question a lot, should I go to college? And this is a really important statistic for people to know. First thing is the highest correlating factor with income is an education. So college education is good debt to take on. The second thing that everybody should know is that you need it to get a job. Uh, when we're talking about unemployment in the U.S., it's heavily different between those that are educated and those that are not. If you only have a high school education, the unemployment rate is 15%. If you have a professional degree or a Ph.D. or a doctorate, your unemployment rate is 2.5%. So basically, if you are well-educated, you're working. If you're not, chances are you're unemployed. That's an important thing to get your head around as well. Very good. Okay, we're going to take a break. Uh, This is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show. My guest this uh, hour is Natalie Pace. Uh, She's just come out with a new book called The ABCs of Money. Uh, Her website, where you can find out more about it, is natalie, N-A-T-A-L-I-E, pace.com. We'll be back after this. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Everybody needs expert advice when they look to develop their personal brand. Join Rochelle McCrary for The Leader and the Muse. Rochelle and her guests will bring you practical tips and tools to help you build your brand in ways that propel you into greater personal and business success. For strategies, stories, and much more, tune in to the Voice America Business Channel every Friday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time for The Leader and the Muse. And get ready to take your brand to the next level. Are you and your family in debt? Today, over 40% of American households are spending more than they make. And that means our society is getting deeper and deeper in debt. 
Escape the Debt Trap with host and attorney Kenneth Neely is here to help you avoid the problems involved with debt, including rebuilding credit, finding bankruptcy, short-selling your home, resolving IRS tax problems, and much more. Escape the Debt Trap airs live every Thursday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CIO Talk Radio, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experiences with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive. This means better care for customers and improves the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Natalie Pace. Uh, She is a famous stock picker. She's got a newsletter. Uh, Her website is nataliepace.com, and she's just come out with a new book called The ABCs of Money. Welcome back to the show, Natalie. Thanks so much, Jordan. Nice to be here. You begin your book with what you call Stop Making Everyone Else Rich. Uh, What do you mean by that? Yeah, I mean, that's uh, what a lot of people don't realize is that they have debt consciousness. And what I mean by that is that the, you know, the debt collector calls first thing during the day. And so all they think about is, oh, my goodness, I better hurry up and pay that. And in fact, when you take a step back, take that debt collector's call at the end of the day, you can start earning more income. You can start earning more, uh, letting your income compound, in other words, inside a tax-protected account, and you could pay off the debt with the gains. Um, I use an example, and this is a real example. I had a friend, and she came to me. She had operated a nonprofit for uh, many years, and then she ran into an insurance settlement that was $1 million. So she became a millionaire overnight. It wasn't taxed uh, because it was a life insurance settlement. She came to me and she said, I'm going to pay $100,000 debt off first. And once I uh, do that, then I'm going to come to you and I want you to help me invest the rest. And I said, my first response to her was, why do you want to uh, become a thousandaire instead of a millionaire overnight? And she stopped in her tracks and I said, if you earned a 10% annualized gain on a million dollars, what would that be? And she said, I don't know. And I said, it's $100,000. So you could pay off the debt with your first year's income and remain a millionaire. So preservation of principle, preservation of capital is really important. When you go down, when you reduce your principle and reduce your capital, it can take twice as long to come back because a 10% return on 100000 is 10000 A 10% return on a million is 100000 But if it goes down by half like it did during the Great Recession, then all of a sudden you're getting only half the gains down from 100000 to 50000 What are some of the ways that people can pay their credit card debts? If you're saying have your money invested first, if they've got a lot of high-interest credit card debt, what are some ways that they can get that under control? 
Well, um, there are three ways that you really need to get your credit card under control. And contrary to popular opinion, it is not, the first step is not pay the debt collector first. The first step is pay yourself first and start compounding your gains. So one of the ways you get into trouble is that they can compound your debt. When you use that same philosophy to compound your gains, you increase your assets. When your assets to debt ratio is bigger, then your ability to borrow at a lower interest rate is increased. So that's number one. Number two is that you have to adopt a thrive budget. In other words, once you get your spending in line with the 50% to survive and 50% to thrive, then you won't get into credit card debt anymore at all, and you free up a lot more money to be able to pay off that debt quicker. And then number three is that you have to look at how you want to restructure that debt. There are many options that are available, and it's not just pay the debt collector. Um, You might, after you've done number one and number two, Find a way through a home equity line of credit to get a lower interest rate and consolidate your debt. You might look into debt management options, or you might actually need to restructure it. So those three things are are key, and the first two are more important to do before you even consider how you're going to restructure your debt. The primary reason for that, and a lot of people don't realize this, you remember uh, when O.J. Simpson, prior to getting jailed again, was running around playing golf in Florida, living the life of Riley when he owed $33 million, and all of us were like, how is he doing that, right? Right. And the reason he was able to do that is because he had money in tax-protected accounts. No matter what, that money cannot be levied. So even if you have debt, whether it's credit card debt or, you know, you owe a lot of in, on your home, mortgage debt, you might even have to, you know, uh, enter into Chapter 7, Chapter 11. Nobody can touch your retirement accounts. And that's why it's important never to drain them and to always be paying yourself first, no matter what, even when you're in debt. So by tax-protected accounts, you mean IRAs, 401Ks? Annuities, what would count in that category? Yeah, those would definitely count. And I think one other area that people should be looking at, which they often overlook, is the health savings account. So a lot of ways that people can start getting more on track, and this is for healthy people. If you're not healthy, then you can't really use this because you're going to always be dipping into it. If you're healthy and you're paying an arm and a leg for health insurance, look into a high deductible with a health savings account because that acts as a retirement account if you don't need it. And if you do need that money for a deductible or a coinsurance on an unexpected event, it's there. Uh, Another thing you talked about briefly was uh, credit counseling and uh, debt management plan DMP. Uh, When does that make sense and when does that not make sense for people? Well, the first thing about that, again, do number one and number two first. Always pay yourself first 10% of your income into tax-protected accounts. That's just money you're going to give to Uncle Sam anyway if you don't give it to yourself first. And then you have to learn how to compound those gains so that you are benefiting from the same kind of philosophy that the debt collector is benefiting from. So that has to be first. Number two is that you really need to do a sober analysis of how you can get um, 50% to survive. Most people are spending far more than 50% on their basic needs. So there is a thrive budget section of the ABCs of money, and that's your second step. Number three, and this comes from the Federal Trade Commission, many of those debt management companies are not legit. So I encourage you not 
to go first to a credit counseling or first to, um, you know, a debt management company, but first to go to the debt page on the FTC.gov website. They have enormous resources there and extremely valuable information because, in truth, some of these places are going to ask you to give them money up front and they're going to make promises that they really aren't going to keep. So I would say buyer beware on that credit counseling and debt management. You're going to need it maybe if you're um, going to do heavy restructuring like a, a Chapter 7 or a Chapter 11 or a Chapter 13. But um, prior to that moment, FTC.gov is going to be your best first resource in that. You talk about how to cut expenses. The big three, you say, are housing transportation and insurance. How can people save a significant amount of money in the big three? Okay, so big three. Remember that uh, that old comedy, The Odd Couple, where yeah. two divorced dads live together? That's one thing to think about. Um, can, how can you downsize? Look, if you're an empty nester, do you still need that five-bedroom house? I know one person who was entering retirement. She rented out her big house. She got a smaller place in a retirement community that had a great golf course and a bunch of other things like tennis courts and a pool, swimming pool, all this that she wanted for far less money, and she now spends three months out of the year traveling. So a lot of times the answer can be downsizing. Uh, let's talk about transportation costs. I know people that have moved closer to work, and that, I mean, let's face it, gasoline just went up again. That's a huge piece of our uh, big ticket items. For other people, it could be reducing their energy bill. If you live in a sunny state, solar panels are cheaper than they've ever been. You get a tax credit for it, and the payback is four to seven years for a lifetime of no uh, energy bill. You know, you can connect to the grid. So that's another consideration. And then again, the easiest way on the health insurance, which is a huge expense for a lot of people, if you're healthy, consider that health ins- health savings account with a higher deductible plan. You talked briefly about solar and how you're going to pay back on that. I know you've been a big advocate of green kind of investments over the years. Some have done well, but a lot have done terribly, actually. The solar stocks have plunged dramatically from their highs a few years ago. Are you still a believer in green investing, and what would be some of your favorites there? Okay. So, yeah, they have really taken a hit, and the reason was Europe was the biggest customer, and as you know, pigs, Portugal, Italy, Ireland, Greece, and Spain have hit the stage for being needing bailouts from the European Union. So those were the states that are actually the greatest in, um, in clean energy, including Germany being the one that bails everybody out, and they were the number one clean energy country in the world. If Germany can do it, which is a pretty cold country, then anybody can. So I do think the future is bright for clean energy, particularly now that the product prices have come down so much. So, you know, right now when you're looking at the Dow Jones Industrial Average back to the pre-recession highs, a lot of stocks are trading at a 52-week high right before sequestration. I'm not a big fan of jumping into any stock right now because we have that, um, you know, we have these big uh, spending cuts coming up. We just had a negative GDP growth quarter, and that's not good, and we also may have a credit downgrade coming up. So the most important strategy right now is to get defensive. Having said that, have those clean energy stocks on your radar. And if you don't want to buy one individual company, which is probably a good idea because, hey, the the industry is consolidating. It's kind of on the, the um, upward trend from that consolidation, but we still may see some people go under. The better idea is an ETF, and of the ETFs, 
I like the PowerShares Wilder Hill um, Clean Energy Portfolio, and that symbol is P as in Paul, B as in boy, W as in William, PBW. And what are some of the kind of companies in that portfolio? Uh, You know, they just have a better uh, fund manager. As I tell people, you look, when you have a fund, you can never bank on, you know, any one particular company because whatever criteria they're using to pick those companies, if it changes, let's say, for instance, they wanted uh, great companies that were trading at a value, once that company's stock gets popular, then they trade it out and they put something else in. But of the other portfolios and funds that I've seen, they tend to have one companies that I think are leaders in the sectors more than some of the other funds out there. So that's why I like that one in particular. And again, be very, very careful with individual stocks in the clean energy space because they've been hammered. Uh, They have been, you know, they've lost a lot of customers. They had to reduce their prices. And honestly, the companies that cannot get new money and get through this crisis are going to restructure. So it is still buyer beware in terms of individual companies, but we could be near the low Again, sequestration, GDP growth, and this credit downgrade, we, you know, this could be rough on the stock market. So I'm not a big fan right now of stocks in general. I'm a very, very big fan in getting safe and making sure you get enough safe right now. I know you did recommend some of these green companies in the past. Did you tell people to sell them before things went down sharply? Um, yeah, I do watch those in the hot news on cool stocks list. So, yeah, we were able to take our profits and reduce any losses that might have come early. So, um, yeah, that's always a good idea. And other things that we did as well is that when they would hit their bottom, we would re-highlight them. And people, believe it or not, if something goes down to 2 bucks and it's still going to stay in business, sometimes it can just rally up to 4 bucks within, you know, a few months. Um, SunPower did that most recently. You know, it had been completely hammered. And overnight, it went from like 6 bucks to 10 bucks, which is a really good uh, return on investment. However, that's a, a trading strategy and today when we have, you know, 50, 70% high-frequency trading going on, and that means by the pros, you have to be very, very careful with that strategy. Very good. Okay. We're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Natalie Pace. Uh, she just came out with a new book called The ABCs of Money. Uh, her website is natalie, N-A-T-A-L-I-E, pace.com, and she's got a newsletter there as well. We'll yeah. be back after this. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network today's business marketplace is becoming increasingly global thanks to technologies that didn't even exist a few short years ago your business might be a startup or you might be one of the global 500 either way you're probably looking at customers and competitors in faraway regions Listen for Global Reach with host Tay Rivez as she brings together experts, ideas, and listeners to help you anywhere in the world. Global Reach is broadcast every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. 
Join Patricia Raskin, the host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday at 11 Pacific. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call to Positive Living, Mondays at 11 Pacific Time, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. Uh, my guest today is Natalie Pace. Uh, she's just come out with a new book called The ABCs of Money. She also has a newsletter at her website, nataliepace.com. Welcome back to the show, Natalie. Thanks so much, Jordan. Just tell me a little bit about your newsletter and the stocks uh, that you have in there, how you're picking the stocks, how some of them have done, and, and what your some of your favorites are right now. Well, um you know, I mean, I hate I hate talking about this not because I'm not proud of it, but it feels it sounds like I'm tooting my own horn. But I have been named the number one stock picker. People have been using the strategies, are making a lot of money. Just as one example, um, in January of '08, I had issued a, a warning in the e-zine and in the in my to my subscribers. Get safe now. That was when the markets were above 13,000. So people who got safe now, they made money during the Great Recession. That was a big hit. Uh, in the easing itself and in our hot stocks list, we follow about 50 companies. There's an 80% hit rate on that. Uh, my 2009 company of the year, when a lot of people were down 50%, that went up 19 times gains. That was U.S. gold. So if you invested $1, you got $19 back. That's about as good as it gets ever. Um, in 2010, 13 out of 14 company of the months were hits. In 2011, we had a company of the year that within 60 days posted 35% gains. Same thing in 2012. So we've been following – what we do is we – pick companies that have really strong growth, very good profit margins, low debt, and we buy them at a good price. And then we, if they pop, you know, we take what we're doing right now is we're taking our profits early and often. And the reason for that is more the Wall Street roller coaster rather than that these companies are going to be, you know, bad companies going forward. You have to take your profits early and often. And one other key for a lot of people in their nest egg, Buy and hold doesn't work. We are, you know, about where we were. We're just a little bit above where we were in 2000. So when you have a marketplace that's pretty flat over the decade but can go dramatically down and dramatically up to the tune of 50%, you have to be annually rebalancing. So that's one of the tricks we do in the nest egg strategy is that we diversify in only 10 funds, four of which are hot funds, and we rebalance annually to capture our gains. If you're doing that, you made money during the Great Recession, you're making that 10% annualized gain without any problem. And when you say funds... Are you talking about exchange-traded funds or um, actively managed funds? What kind of funds do you tend to use? Well, I prefer a fund that doesn't penalize you for rebalancing it. So that's the that's my biggest thing about funds. Exchange-traded funds tend to let you get a little bit more uh, specific as well. And even old fund companies, like the old mutual fund companies, a lot of them are starting to offer more exchange-traded fund-type products. So more than anything, I want to make sure that we're getting – 
small, medium, large value and growth, and then four hot industries. And one of the hottest um, industries in the world are countries. We have two countries that I love, Chile and Australia. Um, in fact, when, last year, it's so funny, about a year ago, I went on CNBC and I was saying, well, you know, I first called Australia in 2008, and just the Australia funds more than doubled within that year as well. So during the Great Recession, if you were in Australia, as I asked you to do, you would have doubled your money on just that one little fund. That's just one example. But I went on CNBC with one of my producer friends last year, and then within a few months, PIMCO launched the new uh, Australia bond fund, which is one of the best bond funds in the world. So uh, just check the easing. You can go and sign up for 30 days free on the homepage. On the homepage right now, you'll see the ABCs of money because we want to make it easy for you to click and purchase it. But if you click on my face, you'll go straight to the homepage and you'll see a, a join now tab and you can just try us out for 30, 30 days free with only an email address. And you'll come in and see what we're all about. What is your 2013 pick of the year? Haven't done it yet. Oh, you don't do it January 1st? No, I don't. And the reason I don't is because of the Wall Street roller coaster. So what I do is I pick a fantastic company that's at a point when it's a good price to buy it. So uh, if you haven't picked a 2013, what would be your favorite investment right now that you have uh, put out there so far? Well, again, my favorite investment right now is to get safe, and I like Chile and I like Australia. Um, I really like that Australia bond fund for getting safe. And, again, don't go all in. Don't put all of your money in there because funds can, you know, those are traded pretty fast. So don't go all in on it. But I do like that Australia bond fund. Its symbol is AUD, and I would just try to buy it at a little bit lower price. So a lot of times these days using a limit order can be your best friend uh, when you're trying to purchase these companies. Last year's company of the year was a company called Jiawan, which is the China's match.com, and the symbol is date. So I still like that company, but again, price is important in all of this stuff. Right now, date is on my watch list and not my hot list. How how would you play Chile, since you like Chile so much? Yeah, I like Chile. I like Chile and, and, and um, Australia for similar reasons. Chile has one of the lowest debt-to-GDP ratios in all of the world. Uh, Australia has about a third debt-to-GDP ratio, and that's uh, better than almost any country in the developed world. Both countries are very rich in natural resources, so they have big customers in China and other countries. That's why I like those two particular countries, and they're free, and they're pretty high on the freedom scale as well. So um, there's only, uh, you know, a few Chilean funds that focus on there. So check it out, and again, be sure you're buying for a good price. Um, and also, one other thing, I do like a few select gold mining companies. I do have... Um, one that the symbol is ego, and that's El Dorado Gold on my hot list right now. And I think it may still be highlighted, but check the uh, hot news list and make sure the price is the same price that I highlighted it at. And what would be one of the funds that you would like to play Chile? Um, there is a fund called, with the symbol ECH. So look on that. If you go to any of your favorite financial sites, whether it's money.msn or Google Finance or Yahoo Finance, and you should be able to check out that fund. But in general, there are very few Chilean funds that just target Chilean companies. And if you find another one offered by your broker, um, again, I'm not a, I'm not opposed to a mutual fund from you know one of the traditional brokerages. More than that, I just want to try to get a, a slice that I want. So I think Chile's hot. 
I don't want to have all the other countries in there like Peru, et cetera. I want to try to just focus on Chile. So that's the key for me. And I also don't want to be penalized if I want to capture my gains. Okay, back to the book. You have a section in the ABCs of Money you call the Hello Freedom, Freedom Mindset. Explain what that is and what do you do to get a Hello Freedom Mindset? Okay, and this is a little bit back to what we were talking about before. There is a way of having wealth consciousness mindset, and there's a way of having debt consciousness mindset. So ask yourself this. When I wake up in the morning, am I ready and excited to go out and earn income? Am I excited about the first time I get income coming in? Am I excited to think that 10% is going into my buy my own island fund? Have I educated myself to the point where I know my buy my own island fund is both safe and protected and also hot? Am I able to capture my gains and compound my gains? Here's what the wealth consciousness mindset knows. If you put 10% of your income into a tax-protected account and that earns a 10% gain, you'll have more money than you earn within seven years. And within 25 years, your money will earn more money than you do. That's a big ticket. If you're only earning $40,000 and you just put it into a savings account, at the end of 40 years, you'd have $160,000. At the end of 40 years, if that was compounding, and earning a 10% gain, you would have over $2 million. And by the way, that's what stocks and bonds have done over a 30-year period. So if you're using my easy-as-a-pie chart strategy and keeping enough safe and annually rebalancing, you're going to hit that mark. So start early and often, and let's get into the wealth consciousness mindset. Take the debt collector call at the end of the day. After you have set yourself up so your gains can compound, then adopt the Thrive Budget. Go to the ftc.gov website. Learn about some of the debt reduction strategies that will serve you best. And let's take the debt collector calls at the end of the day. And get, getting those first two things on track first. That's what's going to lead to financial freedom. You have a whole section of what you call the Thrive Budget. There's too much to get into detail here, but you have one section where you call uh, shopping for success, literally, as far as buying <laughs> homes, cars, and wardrobes to increase your income. How does that work? Oh, I love this one, and thank you for asking it. So 50% to survive, 50% to survive. And that means that essentially get your big-ticket items in that 50% category so that you can, A, put 10% into your Buy My Own Island Fund, B, be more charitable. Charity is the best networking. That can increase your income. I started all my businesses with the people that I met doing my charitable contributions. Number three, educate yourself, highest correlating factor with income. But if you're already a doctor, guess what? If you learn about financial strategies from a pro, me, Warren Buffett, somebody who has a really good track record at this stuff, then your chances of earning that 10% gains increase dramatically. If you just have blind faith, chances are you've lost money over the last 10 years. Now, also, I love that other one about cars and shopping for success. Look, if you look the part, you're going to get the job. If you don't look the part, you're not going to get the job. You have to look the part before you ask for the raise, before you ask for the promotion. Having said that, where I do my shopping. I never pay retail. Some, In fact, uh, at my retreat, someone was saying, I really love the clothes you're buying. Where are you buying them at? And I'm like, 
hey, I love Nordstrom Rack, and then when I see the the designers I like, which could include Versace and Armani and Elie Tahari and James Pierce, I'm buying them on a discount, and I'm really stocking up on them. These are, you know, these are strategies of dressing exactly the way you want to address without paying an arm and a leg. And yes, if you buy a house, location, 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 in a better neighborhood, maybe you don't have to send your child to private school. Um, maybe the right answer is that you help get improve the schools in your neighborhood, and guess what? That will do to your home price. That will improve the home price as well. So these are all ways and strategies that you may not even be thinking about that can enrich your life and actually make you feel a lot better about yourself. Tell people a little bit, we have about two minutes before this segment's over, about your retreats and what happens at your retreats. Oh, we love the retreat. So it is a boardroom retreat, and our next one is May 25th through 27th. It's over Memorial Day weekend to make it easy for people to get time off work or not even have to take time off of work. We do it. 12 people in a boardroom setting, learning hands-on for three full days from me. Day one, nest egg strategies. Day two, stocks on steroids. Day three, how to get safe and how to use limit orders to um, annually rebalance on autopilot. So just so you know, that's how Bill and Nilo earned gains during the Great Recession. That's how people get on, you know, that U.S. gold when they can earn that 19% gain or 19 times gains. This is the easiest way to restructure your life because, yeah, you can le- learn the strategies in the book, but the, the biggest thing is, A, you're reading a book and nobody's there to help course correct you. That happens in the retreat. I'm there. We can answer questions. You actually work hands-on, and believe it or not, you walk out with a plan that works ready, you know, for the rest of your life that's ready to implement now instead of reading it and then taking five minutes here or there to try to implement it and then not having time to do it again for another month. Just get it done. So as much as anything, the three days allows you the time and the space to learn the strategies with a professional who can help you to make sure that you're not making any mistakes and get your questions answered. And three, the plan is ready to implement when you walk out, and all you have to do after that is rebalance it annually instead of worrying all the time. You know it's not more time or more money. You're spending way too much time worrying, and you're losing too much money because you don't have a good plan. Very good. We're going to take a break. Uh, This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Natalie Pace. Uh, her website is nataliepace.com. She just came out with a new book called The ABCs of Money, and she has a newsletter as well at nataliepace.com. We'll be back after this. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Is your business model robust enough? In today's ever-changing business environment, people are working to transform themselves, their futures, and their business. Tune in to Business Reinvention with your host, Nancy Lynn. 
to stay ahead of the game in business, you have to constantly reinvent yourself and your organization. With Nancy's experience and that of her guest experts, you'll learn from stories of inspiration, innovation, and forward thinking. Listen for Business Reinvention, live every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Business Channel. In sales, are you a lion or a vulture? Lions don't wait, they just go for it. Vultures hang around until the lions are finished and just pick up the scraps. How can you set yourself apart as a lion? Join the other aspiring sales lions and listen to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with host Ty Maynard. You'll learn the tips and strategies of top sales professionals. You'll gain more clients at a faster rate and at higher margins. If you're a sales professional, business owner, or executive, listen in every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Natalie Pace. Uh, she is, has a newsletter at nataliepace.com. She also does uh, retreats there. Uh, she's also come out with a new book called The ABCs of Money. Welcome back to the show, Natalie. Thanks so much, Jordan. You were going to tell people again how to find out more about those uh, retreats you were talking about and giving people a special code if they want to uh, find out about it after having heard about it on the show. Great. Well, Jordan, I just like always to reward people who are loyal, and I know that your listeners are loyal to you. So anybody who is interested in this show and interested in what I'm talking about, the nest egg strategies and also the stocks on steroids, that means, you know, taking on higher risk for higher gain, and we've been making having a lot of fun with that. Go to nataliepace.com, click on Join Now. And if you scroll to the bottom, again, 30 days free, it only asks for your email address, but scroll to the bottom and you'll see promo code. Put in money answers with no space in between. So money answers, and you'll be signed up for one year for free. That's worth over $1,000 because I charge about 100 bucks a month for my easing. And, yes, people have been making a lot of money by reading it, so it is a great deal. Very good. Appreciate that. Okay, yeah, you have a – for those of you interested in the retreat, go to nataliepace.com, and there is a Spring Rally Investor EDU Retreat tab. You can learn the 15 things that you're going to learn at the retreat. There's also a Register Now tab. You can register now. It's already selling out. There are only 20, uh, 12 seats available, and we already have sales going. Call 310-430-2397 now if you want to be one of those lucky 12, or register online because if you register today, you also receive a free 50-minute private prosperity call worth $300. Very good. Okay, you've got in the stocks uh, chapter of uh, the ABCs of Money what you call easy as a pie chart investing. So tell us a little bit about how you can use charts to make your nest egg grow. Okay. Easy as a pie chart nest egg investing describes an actual pie chart. So in the ABCs of Money, in the appendix section at the end, you'll see those pie charts. And definitely check those out when you're listening to the show. Basically, it's this. Start by keeping a percent equal to your age safe. 
overweight safe during perilous times. So right now you're going to overweight 10 to 20% safe. What you have left at risk, you divide into 10 different funds. No more, no less, because it's easy to see your ROI, because it's manageable, and because you can diversify that way. Those funds should be small, medium, large, value and growth, and four hot industries. You can see samples of it, again, in the ABCs of Money in the appendix section. Another thing that's really important about this, you have to know what's safe. Uh, even Warren Buffett is saying bonds should come with a warning label. We have both interest rate risk and credit risk in bonds. So you don't want to be left holding a General Motors or a Lehman Brothers bond. You have to know how to evaluate your bond portfolio. And in general, hard assets perform better than paper assets in the kind of climate that we're entering into. So if you have a million bucks in your safe allocation, it's time to start looking at safe, hard assets that are going to give you a good ROI. You have a section on dividends, and you talk about the higher the yield, the higher the risk. A lot of people have piled into high-yielding dividend stocks these days. Are they taking more risk than they really understand? They sure are, and they sure need to read that. The chapter in the ABCs of money is new chips are safer than blue chips, and you need to understand that. So what I've been doing in the retreats in the stock report card, and I ask four questions to to determine the leader. And when you come to the retreat, you'll learn how to identify companies that are leaders and companies that are losers. So uh, just as an example, in in my first book, You Versus Wall Street, which was written in 2006, I was able to identify that far ago that General Motors was going to declare bankruptcy. It declared bankruptcy three years later in 2009. So it's very important to understand that a lot of the companies that are paying the highest dividends or even doing stock buybacks are actually carrying the highest debt. And the way that they're keeping investors so interested is through the dividends, not because they have exciting balance sheets. They could even say that they have increased sales or they could even have high profitability, even as high as 12%. But if the debt load is crushing them, then they'd have to restructure anyway. So it's very important to understand this before the company has to go through their chapter uh, restructuring program. What would be an example today of a high-yield stock that you think would be dangerous and a high-yield stock that you think would be strong and worth getting into? Well... I, um, because we probably have advertisers on the show, I would like to say that I don't want to name the exact companies, but if you have airline stocks and if you have auto manufacturing stocks, buyer beware, um, there's a very, very important date to consider. Companies that were founded before 1980 are at more risk for this kind of problem than companies founded after 1980. So companies like Apple and Google have, you know, billions and billions, Apple more than $100 billion of dollars in cash with very low debt. Apple has no debt. Google has almost no debt. So these companies that were founded after 1980 that have 401ks, they are in a much better position than companies that were founded a century ago that have a lot of right retirees that they're supporting. And if they have unions that have been able to really negotiate very, very, very generous plans for those retirees, they may have hundreds of billions of dollars in debt, in some cases even a trillion of dollars of debt that investors are not aware of. The only way that this is going to come out in the mix is through either pensioners being bought off on the, you know, pe- you know, not at 100% and or 
uh, restructuring, like we saw with uh, General Motors, Chrysler, American Airlines, almost every legacy airline carrier. So um, if you don't know how to look up the debt on the company that you hold the bond, then you need to come to the retreat now because it's very risky. So you're saying the defined benefit pension plan is what's happened before 1980 that the newer yes. companies just do defined contribution. That's the weight you're talking about, is that right? Yes, so companies that have employees managing their own retirement at a significant advantage over companies that um, pro- made promises that they can't keep in the past. There is no such thing as a pension plan going forward. That's going to be cycled out. But in the past, there were many companies that, you know, listen, when they first started that program, they offered to pay for you in retirement, in retirement was 65, and the average age of death was 64, and healthcare costs were much, much lower than they are now. So it's a different world, and they made promises they can't keep, and they're trying to cycle through those. Very good. Well, in the last two minutes or so, I want to kind of sum up what a difference it'll make to take the advice you offer in the ABCs of money compared to doing what people are doing now, not taking that advice. Well, you know, look, you know, I don't even have to tell you that if you are riding the Wall Street roller coaster, you have a plan that's not working and you've been very frustrated. Now, you might be kind of excited that the markets are back where they were, but then you have this sinking feeling, well, what about sequestration? Are we going to enter a recession? Will we get another credit downgrade? And if you're going to ignore those just because we're, the markets are high again, you're in trouble. It's very important to remember that if you have a million dollars, a 10% gain is 100000 If you lose half and it goes down to um, 500000 you only have $50,000 gain on a 10% gain. That means that it takes you twice as long to crawl back to even. So even though the markets themselves may be where they were before the Great Recession, your nest egg hasn't come back. The most important thing is to make sure that you're safe side is not going down in value, so it's keeping your nest egg buoyant, and your at-risk side is performing above the marketplace, and every year you're rebalancing to capture gains, because if you're not, you're losing money, period, end of story. Very good. My guest has been uh, Natalie Pace. Uh, Her website is natalie, N-A-T-A-L-I-E, pace.com. You can find out about her newsletter, get the free offer we talked about where you put in money answers as your code. She also has uh, retreats. And her latest book is called The ABCs of Money. Thanks so much for being on The Money Answer Show, Natalie. Thank you, Jordan. It's a pleasure to be here. Hope to see you on a cruise in next March. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks again. And we'll be back with another edition of The Money Answer Show next week. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and The Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.